And so here's the question I want us to discuss today. What are those elements and those systems that a planter must establish, must have in place in the early season of planting in order for that church to thrive for the long haul? In other words, how does a church planter plant with the end in mind? Family, multiplication, restoration. I'm Dahadi Lewis. Join me, Noah Odom and Hayden Radden, as we come to you from Atlanta, St. Louis, and Las Vegas, as we seek to add value to your church planning journey. We'll have real-time, authentic conversations that are relevant to the life of the church planner and pastor. Join us as we hear from leaders of this movement from across North America and discover what it really takes to plant churches everywhere for everyone. Welcome to the We Are Send Network podcast. Joined today again by Dahadi Lewis, lead pastor of Blueprint Church in Atlanta, Georgia, and Hayden Ratner, the senior pastor of Walk Church in Las Vegas, Nevada. I am Noah Oldham, the lead pastor of August Gate Church in St. Louis. Welcome, brothers. Excited to see you today. Hey, welcome to be here today. We are Send Network. Let's go. Let's do it. Well, guys, um, I have been in the midst of a situation this last season that has really caused me to think back on the last decade of church planting. Over 10 plus years, I've been around church planting, and for the majority of that, I have been helping other churches plant and helping those churches that have been planted. And there's two trends that I've seen, two sad trends. Number one is that most churches or a lot of churches don't make it past five years. That's something that we're continually trying to work against by changing systems and improving systems and helping guys plant strong and the right people plant. But the other trend that I continue to see is that churches don't often make it when their church planting pastor leaves in those, quote, early stages, in those early years. Maybe it's year three, year five, year seven, depending on the context and the situation. And so here's the question I want us to discuss today. What are those elements and those systems that a planter must establish, must have in place in the early season of planting in order for that church to thrive for the long haul? In other words, how does a church planter plant with the end in mind? Hayden, let's start with you, man. What are some of those systems and elements that a church planter must have to see longevity and success? Mm, some of those systems that are important for the planter to have. Um, I think that a good, a good picture would probably be looking at the Lakers system and the Clippers system. There was something, something went wrong there. And when you're watching this right now, you'll probably uh, be aware that the Lakers have held up that trophy in honor of the Mamba himself. And uh, they developed some systems for that. But <laughs> let me go ahead and get into the question, honestly. Um, you know, I think for us, our church ju just turned five years old. And uh, I can remember in our, our pre-launch days, developing a, a team. I think that's really big. And we'll get into some of those team elements where you have a system that is not just a one-man show or a Lone Ranger uh, leadership, but it's really a team-led leadership. Uh, one thing that comes to me that's really important, I think, is having a system for assimilation. Uh, right from the jump, having an assimilation process and system. I, run, I once heard this quote that has really convicted me. It's Here's the quote. It's simply this. It's, the systems you have in place right now are perfectly uh, are, are are perfect for the results you're getting right now. So your system is is what is there to produce the results you're getting. And so if you want different results, you got to get a different system. And so I know for us early on, uh, we were seeing a lot of first time guests, a lot of people come to church. The stuff we were praying for was happening, but I was trying to figure out where, how are they, 
taking their next step or how come they're either not coming back or how come they they're just not getting the the connected like we want them to get connected but they're still there and still still around now recognize well we have an assist assimilation system problem and so we had to go back to the drawing board and make sure hey when people come through these doors do we have a process and a system to see them get connected take their next step be discipled if it's be saved then be baptized then discipled then in a group then on a leadership team then, you know and then reproducing themselves and so we had to make sure okay we didn't start with this system as clean and clear as we would like it to be but hey there's no expiration date on doing what's right you know that let's go do it right now and so we got that assimilation process from our connection card being seamless to who that gets to and who that connection card then gets transferred to the right people in the right places. That system has helped us to help people take their next step when it comes to walking with Jesus. And that's really good. I noticed you you made the point in there that the assimilation uh, team is not you and Nina. It's not just you yeah, and yeah. your family. Because if you guys are gone, if if God right, forbid right. you die or, or if God moves you on to a different different place, like that can move on. That's awesome. Dahadi, what about you, man? You guys are 10 years old plus now. What are some of the things that you've seen that you feel like are necessary early on so that planter can have long-term success? Yeah, I don't know about like the post 10 to 20 years and 20 and beyond, but one of the things that I recognize in planting churches is that like there's really five or six different congregations that I've that I've had at Blueprint since we do since we started because what wow. i've recognized is that literally you're you're really having an almost a big turnover in your congregation every 18 months you know and when you recognize and when you're talking about planting in the end in mind it is important for you to understand that the people that you're ministering to now you're going to obviously have retention but because of the transient nature of people moving coming in going like there's going to be a complete a lot of different people you know 18 months, so 18 months from now. So, so one of the things that you have to do is you have to have a strong kind of core conviction. And what are those things that you're going to keep on rinse and repeat that is kind of secular, that is core to who you are as a church that's going beyond just simply who you are, but it's who we are specifically as a church. And I think one of the things that we've done here is, and I kind of mentioned it already, was just the idea of team. Like we have no group that is, individually ran. So we talk about even lead pastor, our team teaching, like everything we do is we do in team. We don't want people to have a solo by themselves because the problem is, is that what if they're the one of the people in the 18 month period is going to have the turnover. Right. And yeah. so we're saying like, no, let's create a team around this. That's not dependent on anybody. So like if I went down for a good period of time, Blueprint Church will continue to go in terms of teaching because like right. uh, we've created a system where I only teach 32 times. That's the most I've ever taught in a year. And, but it, and I've gotten as low as 15 to 18 times in a year. And, but wow. I've always been the lead pastor, right? You know, because we've had other communicators, other teachers. And there's been many times as a church where I have to come, you know, and I, and I love it when I, I go and people say, hey, I introduced myself to someone says, yeah, I've been here for a few weeks. And I'm like, who are you? And I'm like, well, I'm the lead pastor. Like, it's kind of like, yeah. because I don't always feel like I have to be, everything needs to center around me. But I got to take, but that philosophy is done across the board with our worship leading. Like we said, we need to have team, like people, team of people leading worship, team of people on the team. We have a hospitality team. 
with our assimilation, with on every yeah. department, we want a team of people so that we're not dependent on a individual. This is bigger than all of us, but at the same time, we, it, you are a valuable piece. And I think we're constantly wrestling between that tension of everybody belongs and everybody matters. We need you, but it's bigger than you. That's good, Dehadi. You know, I, I hear that from you, man. You're, you're a guy who's always talking about family. So you're saying team now, but I know it's the yeah. concept of discipleship. It's the concept of discipleship within the family of God. And so it's core conviction for you. And I think what you guys have just said, team led and everything, and then this assimilation process that's necessary. The question comes, who are these people? So I would say one of the systems I think is primarily necessary in the early life of the church is the system of membership. At our church, we call it covenant membership. You are covenanting. I know some church planters that come from the Baptist tradition, like the way they have viewed membership has been laughable to them. You got 1,400 people on the rolls and only 200 show up on a Sunday. It's like, is that membership? And so covenant membership for us, it's like, who, who can we depend on and who can depend on us? It's, it's a covenant That's saying, good. this is what you get from me and this is what I'm expecting from you. And it's not pastor to member, it's member to member. Like, what are we covenanting with one another? And that way we know, yeah, we can trust you. You're committed. Now, does that mean members never leave, including the pastors? No. Members, God, God takes anyone and everyone he chooses, but membership means there's a process of that. There's backfill to that. And it, it's, it's a system that we've, we've seen um, a lot of health come because of. Membership has been really, really huge. And so I would say from the very get-go, we, we took our membership process and started with our launch team. It was our launch team covenant. And then six months in, we said, okay, covenant membership. You can re-up or you can move on, but membership from here on out. Yep. What else? That idea of membership, yeah. I think, is key. When you're talking about, you know, in, in, in our membership, we talk about, like you said, discipleship. We say a call to membership is a call to discipleship in which, you know, when we talk about it, it says where you are a welcome addition, but you're not the center of attention, right? right. And so in that, what, we are, what we're trying to ultimately get at is that this is bigger than you, that, you, that right. hopefully you are coming both to serve and to be served. And that there's, this is a, that we are trying to create a transformational environment where we're not just simply, you know, kind of if I scratch your back, you scratch mine. Because a lot of times people will leave the church and we talk about planting for with the end in mind. Like I tell people, it's like, there's going to come to a point where you feel like I'm no longer getting fed, right? I mean, that's how people always talk about leaving the church or like, I'm not getting fed. But if you think about the passage in scripture where it talks about don't forsake the assembling, it's not about being fed. It's about don't forsake the assembling because the idea of like you have gifts to offer and our church is not going to be any different. Our church is going to be completely different if you're no longer right. here. So when you, again, you are instilling value, dignity, worth, that you matter and you belong and people want to give their, their lives to where they both belong and they matter. Right. And so trying yeah. to all constantly paint a picture to them of saying, even if it's not here, you belong and you matter. Like how do we create that environment and how we constantly cultivating that. And that really gets people to stay for uh, more of the long haul. Good. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's helpful. Yeah. Well, I just think that when it comes to systems that clarifying language is helpful to build your system around to really see those results produced. And so I think for churches, having a clearly defined mission statement, that's hopefully not a paragraph, maybe a one sentence, to the point, this is why we're here and this is what we want to do. It's probably a creative way to say make disciples. Um, I know for us at Walk Church, we said, here, here's our mission, freeing people 
to walk in Jesus. We believe a disciple is somebody who's been set free to walk in Christ. And so what, what, that we, what we did with that is we built a system to see people set free to walk in Jesus. What does that look like for us, right? It's, it's knowing God, it's finding community, discovering their purpose, making a difference. So then we said, okay, so this is how freeing people to walk in Jesus happens. Well, how does somebody get to know God? Let's build some system around know God. Let's build some system around finding community. Let's build some system around a person discovering their purpose. And then I think when you do those type of things, you're able to measure, does your system work? And I think that's a good question too, because you could potentially have a system that's broken and not even know it. But I think that's when you need to look at your results. For example, if you're a church that's not baptizing anybody, do you have a system that produces baptisms? If your church is not necessarily growing in size, do you have a system that's helping produce growth or is it killing growth? And so I think systems is something that we are talking about on a regular basis. I think it's something that the hottie coaches really well within the Boulevard cohort that they, they do that I've been blessed to be a part of. But I think it's good and it's wise to give time to system and then to go into systems type meetings with a little bit of tough skin, the ability to not be insecure, but the ability to say, hey, look, our system isn't quite where it needs to be. Let's strengthen it. Let's, if we got to kill it, kill it. If we got to start a new one, start a new one. If you need to get coaching, uh, that's helpful too. And praise God, we have amazing coaching in the Send Network. And so, you know, Noah, you might even be able to um, give a next step on if maybe somebody didn't need coaching or didn't want to develop or grow in some of these areas. Maybe consider even starting maybe the Send Network pipeline, something like that um, could be a good next step system wise for somebody listening right now. Absolutely. Absolutely. We built those systems within our, our, this the whole process, our pathway, we call it, uh, for people to, yeah. to do exactly what you've, you've talked about. I love hiding what you said there about the, the mission and the vision. It didn't seem yeah. like that was based on your personality. Instead, it was biblical truth. You said it's a, it's a, just a, a fun way of talking about making disciples. I think that's important. Yeah. Because when the vision or the mission is built on the personality of the planter, when he's gone, there's no more energy behind it. And that makes mm. things really, really difficult. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I think another another thing that's super important is your leadership team. If uh, a planter yeah. gets year three, year five, even year seven, and doesn't have fellow leaders alongside him, and God moves him on, and there's nobody that's there already leading, you're left in this place of like, who's going to lead? And you, when there's a vacuum, there's some people that are natural vacuum people, yeah. and they'll just place themselves in that place of, of leadership, and they don't need to be. And so always having that. And so I know early on, you do, I don't think you want to have top-level leaders in those first couple of years, too many of them, uh, because you're trying to establish the mission and the vision. So you need outside help. You need people that are holding things accountable and holding the reins with you. Right. I had somebody tell me, wait till the two-year mark to install official elders. I had other guys that were functioning in all the leadership roles, but we didn't call everybody elders until that point because before two years, if somebody leaves, it's a church split. One of your elders just left. But if they're, wow. they're not elders yet, someone just left because they didn't necessarily jive with the mission and vision of the church. And so I would say early on is developing that leadership, uh, that leadership process, and we have that, uh, NAMS Pipeline. NAM.net slash pipeline. You can go there for multiplication pipeline. Not only is it eventually right. going to lead to church planting, hopefully, it's also going to lead to greater missional disciple-making leaders within your ch own church. And so a leadership pipeline within your church is going to be absolutely necessary for the end in mind. Tati, what else, man? What have you seen, brother? Oh, man, I think that what you just said is, is really important. I, I, 
you know, and it sounds like anti, um, you know, it seems, it seems like that's the wrong thing to do in the sense of multiplying leaders, multiplying yourself, and sending people out. One of the things that we, is like, we're, the idea of multiplication, right, in sending, from the very beginning of our church, we was talking about sending people, you know? And so when you talk about planting with the end in mind, there's something about growth and multiplication that brings a sense of stability, right? And, and because, and that seems like, again, it seems different because you're just like, we're, we think that if we hold on to, then we're, we'll, create, we'll create that. But the problem is, is that as a church planner, early on, you, you are reaching your neighborhood out of necessity, out of survival, right? right? And there's a sense of like, I, I got to get people in the building or this thing's going to shut down. So there's a sense of survivability. But the problem comes in is that when you get whatever that number is for you, 40, 50, 100, whatever, it's kind of like, all right, man, there's a lot of problems and a lot of care issues within is when we start getting insular, right? And, you know, and then we just start getting focused in and we lose that missions is a tool that God uses for sanctification as well. And that this is the reason why he says, come and follow me and I will make you fishers of men. And the question is, is that it's sort of like, you know, you know, for, for, for our ladies out there, whenever you kind of got to cut your split ends, right, you cut that so that it can grow, you know, or you trim your trees or your, so that, you know, so that it can grow. And I think that is a lot of times is that we, we miss it. And so this idea of multiplication is that when you're sending people off, is there something about that that constantly brings, it makes the, the, the root like that much stronger and it'd be able yeah. to go. So it doesn't seem logical, but it's actually for us has made us. So like literally, you know, the idea in our first couple of years, our goal was that we wanted to plant churches. And, and ever since then, we've been able to average almost like almost a plant every year, you know, as wow. it relates to this idea of wanting to see um, growth and multiplication. So I think that that gives us a long term vision and reality of that. Oh, that's really good. Yeah. If you're used to multiplication is sending out people, people have lost someone dear to them. And so if you as the planter, you as the pastor, God calls you elsewhere, it's while it still hurts and it's still a shock at some level, it's not shocking because it's like, no, God does this. God is a multiplying God. God yeah. is a sending God. And so it's going to happen over and over again. And here's a big word of caution I would give to planters out there. I've just seen too many guys um, just caught in trouble with this. Make sure that you build a system of administration and finance that does not include you or your wife. Really you have good. other people who know where the money's going, where the money's coming from, how it needs to be spent, all of those things. There needs to be accountability there. Not because we think that every church planter that plants is gonna have that susceptibility to that sin. We, we do know sometimes it's just accusation. You wanna be above yeah, yeah. reproach in all things. And the last thing you need is somebody accusing you of mismanaging money, or even worse than that, mismanaging money on purpose or even by accident. And so having a system of administration and finance from the get-go uh, you can find that with your sending church potentially to do that, but there are a lot of CPAs that are out there that just haven't got in the nonprofit world, especially the church plant world, mm. that would love and would actually be cheaper than hiring a part-time staff member to run that for you, and they're, okay. and they're professional. So it's not just, you know, Joe over there on your, on your core team that says, yeah, I'll, I'll buy QuickBooks, but it's somebody who's done this for a long time. So make sure you have integrity and that system built. So when you're gone, the bills still get paid. Yeah. Yeah. Good. A lot of times okay. I think about I tell I tell people when that I was like, be afraid of be afraid of walking in the dark. 
Mm. Oh, and so it's really, and I think it's more than just mor- morality or, you know, in terms of that, it's like, like what you just said, Noah, it is in our finances and all that. And so that was the very first thing that we did. And we had people from within, but we wanted to say we have people from within and we had uh, uh, people from without, you know, that was yeah. doing all of our accounting for us because we wanted to do double checks because we was coming to, and we, for us, it was also contextually because we was coming to a city that had a lot of, you know, financial mishandlings and all of that. And so we wanted to be, you know, above and beyond and be able to say with integrity, look at all, we're like, right. we want to be super, like, in God that there's light and in him there's no darkness, no, absolutely no darkness at all. And we want to operate wow. in that. Good, yeah. Maybe just one more thought on this before we wrap up here. And uh, I know we're getting ready to. Um, I was just thinking about, as you guys were talking, I was thinking about, um, I was thinking about McDonald's. And I don't know if you've seen the movie, The Founder. It's kind of a frustrating movie. Uh, but takes you kind of on the journey in a creative way of the story of McDonald's. Um, I don't think that anybody would argue on this call that McDonald's has the best burger. Would you? I, I wouldn't say that. I don't know about you, Noah, Dahadi. I think that there's better burgers. Dahadi's like, I don't know, right? Um, no, I haven't. No, I'm, I'm like, like my kids think. Mac, okay, never mind. Let's let's yeah, not yeah. talk about McDonald's. Go ahead. Yeah, I haven't met anybody that's ever said, other than five years old and under, McDonald's makes the best burger. Yet, right, they're still selling more burgers than anybody. They're still planting more burger shops and in any city globally. They're getting the mission done. And I think here's why. Because they developed a system that works. And so you might not even have the best X, Y, and Z preaching groups you know, facility, but if you could have a strong system that is reproducible and gets the job done for di- disciple making, et cetera, that's going to outlive you, right? The The founder of McDonald's is long gone. The the two brothers are early on are long gone, right? And so yet the, the, the mission moves forward in a burger way, but for the church, all the more. And so I think, yeah, this is a great conversation to have, Noah, that, that planters and team members and pastors take a hard look at their systems and say, and ask this question, is my system producing what our dream is, what we want to to see them produce? And if not, hey, change them up, make them better. Well, here's the point, guys. We love church planters and we wanna see church planters not just start churches, we wanna see them finish the race. Church planter, we want you to finish the race of not only planting your church, but following Jesus with your whole life for the rest of your life. We want you to cross that finish line and hear well done, good and faithful servants. So we wanna give you all the tools that you need for that. If you're out there on your own, I would say one of the greatest tools you need is to be a part of a network. And so if you wanna find out more information about Send Network, all you need to do is text these words, Send Network to 888-123 if you're interested in planting or interested in partnering with us. We'd love to have you in the family where we are all about multiplication and restoration. We love you planters, keep your hand to the plow, don't look back. Until next time, we are Send Network. You have been listening to We Are Send Network, a resource of the North American Mission Movement. For more information about today's podcast and other relevant resources, visit sendnetwork.com.